Hi, this is Gary Ryan from Organisations That Matter. This episode is titled, How to Successfully Work From Home. February 2007 was when I first started working from home. At the time, I had three children aged seven, four and two. Later that year, my fourth child was born and another was born in September 2010. Since then, I've continued to work from home as my wife and I have raised our five children and I've successfully operated my business. I've learned what works and what doesn't work and below are 15 lessons for successfully working from home. I encourage you to share this podcast with your teammates and use this as a catalyst for a conversation about what works and what doesn't work for you as a team. So the first thing is that a mindset shift is required. Successfully working from home requires a significant mindset shift. Before working from home, I believed I was productive. I believed that I used my time effectively and produced great results. My career has been a journey of constant progression, so I have every right to believe that I was, in fact, highly productive. Working from home taught me that my capacity for productivity was at least three times higher than I had previously thought it was. However, having a young family meant that I had to completely rethink my mindset about what I thought constituted a workday. Also, I had to rethink how I thought about the interaction between personal time and professional time. The change in my thinking is reflected in these 15 lessons below. As you read each of the steps, expect to be challenged, curious, and possibly uncomfortable as they challenge your thinking. Ultimately, focus on practical outcomes that match your current circumstances for you and your team. Use this once again as a conversation starter. Tip one, privacy. As much as is practical, create a private space in which to work. If you can shut a door to your workspace, then shut it. Teach young children and adults to knock before they enter. Put every effort into this training as it pays off over time. Believe me, with five children, this practice has paid off many times over. Tip number two, remove distractions from your workspace. One of the advantages of working from home is that you can control the distractions that reduce your brain's bandwidth, which in turn reduce your productivity. Even if you think that you work better with background noises, turn off your television and don't play music. If you have very young children, this allows you to have an ear out for them so you can hear them when they call for you. If you have a baby or a toddler, then a baby monitor is an allowable caveat to this practice. Tip number three, messy or clean desk. Einstein is rumored to have said, if a messy desk indicates a messy mind, what then of an empty desk? Pictures of Einstein indicate that he was a messy desk person. Personally, that's my excuse and I'm sticking to it. While being a messy desk person is more how I tend to operate, the fact is one principle from clean desk people that works is to only have the file or priority that you are currently working on open on your desk. This behavior helps maintain focus and helps you to avoid being distracted from the shiny objects that continually appear while you are working. Tip number four. Dress appropriately. You don't have to wear a suit unless it's appropriate, but you probably shouldn't be wearing your pajamas either. In our modern age, there is every possibility that you will be on a video call of some description. Your appearance matters. Also, when you are new to working from home, how you dress helps you adopt the mindset that you are actually working. Tip number five, rethink nine to five. 
Working from home is not a 9am to 5pm proposition, especially if you have others at home with you. A normal day will be between 7am to 9pm or even earlier and then later. You will chunk your time between professional time and personal time. Your focus will be on achieving your three priorities, which is tip number six. Getting the job done is more important than time spent on a task. When working with others who are also working from home, understand that they will not be available every minute of 9am to 5pm. It is okay to have specific times when everyone may need to be available. Agree on these times and monitor them. A 9am meeting for someone with young children who are now being homeschooled may be impractical because they need to help their children commence their online school day, so be flexible. Consider a 10 minute to 30 minute nap during the afternoon. A workday that spans 7am to 9pm, even though it will be interspersed with personal time breaks, is like driving interstate. It is tiresome. A power net can do wonders for your energy. It isn't sleeping on the job to re-energize. Tip number six, focus on three priorities. Focus on three priorities for the day. These represent the most important work that you need to do. Three priorities might not seem like much, but they add up over time. Think of working from home as being more like running a marathon than a sprint. Book time into your calendar to work on your priorities. Protect this time. Continue to avoid 60-minute chunks of time so you can continue to have white space in your calendar for a number of the tips that follow. Tip number seven. Alternate between thinking and process work. Thinking work is the sort of work that requires some creativity and thought. For me, designing workshops, online content, and preparing for my coaching sessions are part of the thinking work. Process work is when I do work that is either repetitive or follows a known process. This work requires concentration, but it uses a different part of the brain compared to my thinking work. An example of process work is completing my accounts. When you are chunking your time for the day, aim to alternate between thinking and process work. For me, Based on the nature of my work, I prefer to have two out of three of my priorities for the day to be thinking work. Pending the sort of work you do, you may need to schedule more process work. Tip number eight, rethink meeting lengths. Hour-long meetings are a thing of the past, especially now. If you book hour-long meetings, your calendar will be filled with back-to-back-to-back-to-back meetings, which isn't sustainable at any level. Set meeting times in 15-minute, 30-minute, 45-minute, 75-minute, or 90-minute blocks. Online meetings beyond 90 minutes are rarely productive during the last 30 minutes. Creating meeting times that are not 60 minutes will create white space in your calendar, which will be needed for doing work associated with your three priorities. And if your calendar is shared online with other people, book yourself into yourself during that white space time to focus on your three priorities for the day. Tip number nine, check emails in small chunks of time. If your mindset is that because you are working from home, then you need to be seen to be working, then you will be at risk of feeling like you need to respond immediately to each email that arrives in your inbox. This behavior will drive down your productivity. It does not work. Providing you are following the advice not to book 60-minute meetings or time chunks for your priorities, you can use the white space outside these to check emails. 
Another strategy is to check your emails at the start of the day, middle of the day and end of the day, each for a defined period. Accept that emails will be coming and going at strange hours of the day, but resist the temptation to expect an immediate response when they are outside 9am to 5pm. And equally, resist the urge to respond to them when you receive them outside 9am to 5pm, unless you have agreed with your colleagues that you will be sending and receiving them early in the morning or late at night. Tip number 10, move. Aim to move an average of 10 minutes per hour. Consider investing in a stand-up desk that has an adjustable height so that you can vary between sitting and standing. A significant risk of working from home is that you stop moving. Go for a walk. There really should be no excuse for not achieving at least 10,000 steps per day when you are working from home. Tip number 11. Single task, not multitask. Multitasking is a myth, unless you're a computer. More than one complex task for humans cannot be completed at a satisfactory level of competence when they are tempted at the same time. Walking and reading your phone is an example of two complex tasks that cannot be performed at a high quality. Focus on one priority for your set time chunk. This practice works. Do it. Tip number 12. Do not plan a full day. Leave white space in your calendar or times booked into yourself, especially if you're working from home with other people who are also studying or also working from home. Things will pop up that will require your immediate attention. If you plan a full day and don't have some wriggle room so that you can adjust because of them, you will be setting yourself up to fail. Tip number 13, go outside. Humans require vitamin D. Unless we ingest it, we need to get it from being outside during daylight hours. As much as possible, aim to eat outside or drink your coffee outside. Consider meditating for 10 minutes outside while you face the sun if it is available, if you are lucky enough for it to be out. You'll be amazed how 10 minutes outside can absolutely invigorate you. Tip number 14. Eat properly. When you work from home, it is very easy to fall into the trap of non-stop snacking, quite often on sugar-filled foods. Resist this temptation. Avoid eating at your desk. Get up and move away from your desk when eating. On the contrary, always have water available. This too will help you move as you'll need to get up and go to the bathroom from time to time. And finally, tip number 15. Create a public schedule. If you're working from home and other people are in the house with you who are also working or studying from home, create a public schedule of who is working where and what they will be doing. This will help you to be aware of the noise you are generating when others may be in a meeting or require some time for thinking. In fact, our nine-year-old son came up with the simplest of ideas of having a green or a red dot laminated on each of our doors or on the back of a computer so that if you saw it was a red dot, you knew to be quiet and leave the person alone. If you saw it was a green dot, it meant that they were working, but it meant that they could be interrupted if needed. If this schedule is public, also use it to make adjustments to your plans. Prepare to be flexible. I can't begin to share with you how important this tip is if you want to survive working from home with other people in the house. Schedules and red and green dots really do work. If you have worked from home for an extended period of time, it'd be great for you to send me an email at info at orgsthatmatter.com and share what your recommendations are. Once again, I'm Gary Ryan from Organisations That Matter and I look forward to working with you next time.